Hello everyone, I'm Jerry Savelle. Welcome to our broadcast today. Thank you for joining me, and I pray that our program will be such a blessing to your life today. I pray that the word that you will hear shared on this broadcast will inspire your faith and encourage you to stick it out. No matter how impossible it may look, God is on your side, God is for you, and if God is for you, no one can successfully be your enemy. Praise God. We're going to be talking about today making the decision not to quit. I'm going to take you into a live service from the Southwest Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, just a short time ago, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Once again this year, I was privileged to be one of the speakers, along with Brother Copeland, Jesse DePlanis, Creflo Dollar, and a number of others, and we had such a powerful meeting. I know that many of you that are watching today were, were not able to come, but praise God, as we show you this program and as we show you the message that I was teaching, I believe, praise God, that same anointing that was there in that auditorium is going to jump right off of this broadcast into your home, into your life. And remember, the Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. So get ready to be set free. Now, I want to read to you before I take you into that broadcast, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. The Apostle Paul speaking. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press, let me say that again, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here's what I hear the Apostle Paul saying. I refuse to quit. I refuse to give up. I refuse to turn back until I have achieved everything God wants me to do until I have achieved and received everything God wants me to have and everything God wants me to be. Is that your attitude today? In other words, the man is saying, I'm not a quitter. I refuse to quit and quit is not an option. You watch now and I believe, praise God, your faith is going to be inspired and cause you to reach the level in your life where you too will no longer give in, give up or give out. Amen. Hallelujah. We've been talking about developing the habit of continuing, which just simply means don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. I love reading quotes from people who became winners in life. Dale Carnegie once said, most of the important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying when there seemed to be no hope. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, whatever course you decide upon, there is always someone that will tell you it can't be done. To map out a course of action and follow it to the end requires courage. This is author unknown, they said. A winner is someone who gets up one more time than he gets knocked down. Well, I know who said that, Solomon. Proverbs 24, 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The way you beat the devil, if he knocks you down seven times, just get up eight. Amen. Amen. Babe Ruth once said, you just can't beat the person who won't give up. You know, uh, I have a problem with people who have the attitude that 
God will just keep blessing us whether we continue or we don't. I, I, have, a, I have a serious problem yes, with that. Yes, it looks like to me the Apostle Paul was a fighter. Thank you for your enthusiasm. In fact, apparently he loved boxing. I, I, I think maybe I might have got that from him. I don't know. Now, I know some of you praying that I don't quit liking boxing. It's brutal. But don't you dare pray anymore because there's a good fight coming up this weekend and I don't want to miss it. The Apostle Paul said, I don't, I don't shadow box is what he was saying. I don't just beat the air. Apparently, the man was around sports, and he liked sports. He talked about running, long-distance running, and so forth. And, uh, and, and, and this is the man who gave us the revelation, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Amen? Amen. So apparently, he was a fighter. He fought for what he believed. He, he stood for what he believed. He went on to say at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. And then he went on to say, and I'll be rewarded for it. There's a crown of righteousness awaiting for me. By the way, this is also the man who gave us the revelation of grace. He was a fighter. He refused to quit. Now, I'm sorry, but I don't know any other way. Now, I've been doing this for 48 years. Kenneth Copeland taught me. And I don't know any other way to be successful. I don't know any other way to be blessed. I don't know any other way to win but to just make the quality decision, don't quit. Amen. Amen. Real Christianity is a fight. If you don't think so, ask the devil. It's a fight. Amen. And so I've been sharing with you uh, all week, and I'll just continue to do so this morning. The importance of making the decision not to quit. Can you say amen? amen. I was um, privileged also to attend in 1980 the fight of the decade. You know, I, I, had, I had been privileged over the years to, to be involved in, in uh, a number of athletes in mentoring them, and some of them... Uh, eventually went into full-time ministry. Uh, Metalark Lemon was one of my sons in the Lord. In fact, Metalark and I went to see Mike Tyson fight Michael Spinks. And Metalark said, uh, just before the fight started, Metalark said, I am so thirsty. I'm going to go get us a Coke. I said, Metalark, you better not. They're coming out of the dressing room. This fight's about to start. He said, well, everybody's in here and nobody will be out at the concession stand, so I'm going to go get us a Coke. I said, Melark, you better not go. This thing's about to start, man. 
you know, it's like electricity in the air. And uh, so Medlock decided to go get a Coke. When he came back, everybody was on their feet screaming. The fight lasted 91 seconds. <laughs> it was over. Medlock standing there with two Cokes. He said, what happened? I said, it's over. You missed it, the whole thing. <laughs> but I was, I was uh, given these tickets to the uh, Sugar Ray Leonard Roberta Duran rematch in New Orleans at the Superdome. So I told my wife and girls, uh, I'm going to take you on a little vacation. So uh, <laughs> we went to New Orleans. And I spent time with them until the fight night. And then I left them in the hotel and went over to the fight. Super dumb. Man, the place is packed. This is 1980. The place is packed. This is the rematch. Duran had beat Sugar Ray in Montreal. And now it's the rematch. And uh, Sugar Ray didn't, didn't fight his, his fight. He tried to be macho and, you know, and, and stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Duran. But Duran was known as, his nickname was Little Hands of Stone. And he was a great, in fact, one of the greatest lightweight champions ever. And he hated Sugar Ray Leonard. And so it's the rematch. It's the fight of the decade. Man, I could hardly wait. By the eighth round, it was, it was obvious that Duran was so frustrated he turned his back on Sugar Ray Leonard and walked to the referee and said, no mas, no mas, which means no more. And he went to his corner. He quit. One of the greatest lightweight champions in the history of boxing. Professionals don't quit. I've never seen that in my life. I've watched boxing all my life. I've never seen a professional quit. I was shocked. The whole place was shocked. Ray Arcel, his trainer, he was screaming at Duran, don't quit, don't quit. And, and Duran says that he said, I don't want to fight this clown anymore. And he quit. Now the place went nuts. In fact, the best fights started in the arena. I mean, it got, it got real uh, dangerous in there. I mean, the cops come in with billy clubs and beating those people over the head and dragging them out, and, and it's happening real close to me. They got Ali out of there, and I thought, man, this is no place to be. So I, I walked up to the ring apron, and I'm watching all these fights, and then suddenly I realized I'm standing right next to Howard Cosell. Everybody hates him, and I moved away from him. <laughs> No moss. Now, let me give you his record. Roberta Durant, 103 fights, 70 knockouts, and only 16 losses. But he quit. Now, he went on to continue to fight, and he won championships in other divisions. But to this day, when the boxing world hears the name Roberta Duran, everybody thinks, no mas, no mas. He was never 
able to shake Nomos. They recently made a movie about it. Nomos. Don't let that be your legacy. That in the biggest fight of your life, Nomos. You quit. That is not the legacy you want. You know, a number of preachers have fallen over the years, many of them doing great things for God, winning thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. And even though they endeavor to make a comeback, it's hard to get rid of the image that you fail, that you quit. Well, the way you can avoid that is just don't ever quit and just don't ever fall to start with. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I realize we all make mistakes. Oh, Robert said to me one time, I sat and run across from him in his office. He said, Jerry, do you know I have never made a mistake in my life? I looked at him with my eyebrows raised. He said, well, not intentionally. (laughs) Amen. Not intentionally. We all make mistakes from time to time. Thank God that's what grace is all about. That's what mercy is all about. The privilege to get up, brush yourself off, start over again, make the decision, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to fall. That is not the way I want to live. Can you say amen? Amen. Thank God for grace and thank God for the mercy of God. Folks, we're in a fight. The good fight of faith. I remember hearing Brother Copeland preach about the good fight of faith back in 1969 when I first surrendered my life to the Lord. And I kept thinking, what is the good fight of faith? And he answered it for me before the sermon was over. A good fight is a fight you win. Amen. 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 When I was in college, I was boxing in college. I'd come home sometimes and my eyes were swollen shut and my nose is over on this side of my face. And my dad would say, son, what are you learning in school? I said, I'm trying to learn how to duck. (laughs) And uh, he said, well, did you win? If I didn't win... We didn't talk about it. I won't talk about it. Well, what happened? I won't talk about it. But boy, when I won, you couldn't shut me up. <laughs> Did I tell you? I remember fighting this golden glove champion from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Nobody told me he was a golden glove champion. We just got in the ring together, and that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> He knocked me into tomorrow. (laughs) When I woke up, I was back in my dorm, in my dorm, and and I said, "What happened?" They said, "You lost." (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So, let's go uh, back to the scripture we've been basing this on in Galatians chapter six. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, 
He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. Everybody shout, if we faint not. <laughs> now, somebody told me, I believe it was a teacher in school when I was a young boy, if represents a condition. If we faint not. In other words, I have a part in this. My part is don't faint, don't quit. I have, I have no promise of a harvest if I quit. I have no promise of a harvest if I faint. So I do have a part. And my part is see to it you don't faint. See to it you don't give up. See to it, you don't, you don't go dig up your seed. See to it, you wait patiently. Amen. And if you wait patiently, standing on the Word of God, then you will reap a harvest. That's the promise of God. Can you say amen? amen. And I might add that Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, as I mentioned yesterday, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. God intended from the very beginning for man to be a seed sower. That's how he intended for man to have his life sustained. Remember, after creating Adam and Eve, then it says, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed. For you, it shall be meat. Other translation says provision. What did God do? First, after creating him, he pronounced the blessing on him, which was an empowerment to succeed. And then he said, and now I'm giving you seed. I want you to be a sower of seed. That's how you'll have your life sustained. And as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. You're expected to be a seed sower today. A man's harvest in life, the Phillips translation says, a man's harvest in life depends entirely upon the seeds that he sows. That means I'm in control of my destiny, not the devil, not the government, not anybody else. I'm in control based on the seeds that I sow. Now, that works both in the negative and in the positive. As I said yesterday, I grew up knowing the principle of seed time and harvest. Nobody showed it to me in the Bible, but every time I did something wrong, you're going to reap what you sow, boy. And every time somebody that we knew, you know, bad things were happening in their life, one of my parents would say, they're just reaping what they sowed. Now, we all believed that principle where the negative was concerned. Well, why is it the church is fighting over the positive side of it? I'm in control of my destiny. And it's all based on the seeds that I sow. Can you say amen? amen? 
you can't, you can't keep me from having a harvest if I'm sowing seed. And if I don't faint, I will have a harvest. Now, I was challenged many years ago for preaching about the hundredfold return. And, uh, man, it was quite a group that was in that meeting, fussing over the hundredfold return. And I, st I stayed quiet for a long time, just listening. I went to that meeting saying, uh, I'm not going to talk, I'm just going to listen. But the spirit of Smith Wigglesworth come on me. And when someone said, uh, when Jesus talked about the hundredfold return, that was just a metaphor. I couldn't take it anymore. I said, sir, could I ask you a question? What does a field full of metaphor look like? He said, what? I said, what does a field full of metaphor look like? He said, I don't understand. Well, Isaac sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold in the same year. Tell me what a field full of metaphor, uh, uh, meta, what, metaphor looks like. Come on. He couldn't answer me. And then somebody said, well, uh, you know, you mean to tell me every time you sow seed, you believe for a hundredfold? I said, yes. I said, when Carol and I first started out, tenfold wouldn't help us. If all we got was tenfold on our seed, we're still in trouble. We had to believe for the hundredfold. And then they said, well, you've got a hundredfold on every seed you've sown. I said, not yet, but it ain't over. Yeah. If you faint not, can you say amen? amen. Now, I'm, you know, you can just go and believe what you want to. But as for me and my house, we've decided don't quit is the best policy, praise God. Don't faint. Just keep standing and having done all to stand, stand some more until you win. Hallelujah. Now, folks, if there was any other way for winning, I'd be preaching about it. Right. But I don't know any other way but stand, having done all to stand, and stand therefore. And when you feel like quitting, stand some more. And when it looks like it's not working, keep on standing. And if everybody's telling you you're a fool for continuing, keep on standing, keep on standing, keep on standing, and eventually you're going to have your harvest. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you believe it. Amen. Are you facing a challenge in life? Do you need encouragement or help getting back on your feet? In the inspiring three-CD teaching, Master Life's Challenges Instead of Them Mastering You, Jerry Savelle does just that. As he discusses the reality of distractions and discouragement, you will be motivated to get back on your feet, have courage, fulfill your assignment, realize you're not alone, obey God, 
and more. You should be experiencing God's best in every area of your life. In the timely book, Going for the Gold, Jerry Savelle shares God's expectations for the church and his plan for you to experience his best. Going for the Gold is a journey of self-discovery where you will learn how to take inventory of your life, stay focused, develop discipline, and so much more. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request the powerful combo, Master Life's Challenges Instead of Them Mastering You and Going for the Gold. Don't settle for second best. Make the decision to start experiencing God's best in your life today. I love it when people testify to how God honored His Word in their behalf. You know, God is no respecter of persons. He'll do the same for you that He's done for anybody else if you'll dare to believe His Word and refuse to quit. I have a couple more testimonies that have been written in to us. This is from Jason. My son and I got saved two years ago. A whole new world opened up for us, and our entire family has been amazingly blessed. Peace, health, and finances have been restored in our family, and God has opened one door after another. Thank you for helping spread the gospel and teaching me about tithing, sowing, and reaping. We rejoice with you, Jason, and I thank God that you've learned how to put the Word of God first place in your life, and I rejoice with you and how God is touching you and your entire family. Here's one from Joseph. After having a roof adjuster come out to check out our roof that had been damaged, they told us we probably would not be covered. We prayed and stood in agreement, and listen to this, and believed for favor, just like you taught us. Within four hours on that same day, we got approved for our claim, the deductible was waived, and we got an upgrade on our shingles. We got warranty for 40 years at no charge to us. Well, Joseph, I agree with you, the favor of God was at work in your life. And listen, if you have a testimony, uh, as a result of listening to the broadcast, or you've been in a service where I've preached, please share it with us. Every time we share these testimonies, it inspires others to continue to believe God and do not quit. Let me remind you of our special offer once again. These are three CDs, Master Life's Challenges, so that they don't master you. Powerful teaching from the Word of God that will inspire you to keep sticking it out no matter how impossible it looks, God will come through for you. Don't you ever give up on God. Don't ever give up on His Word. Along with this package is Going for the Gold, a little book that I wrote a number of years ago that is such a powerful book. You can read it in just a few moments, but once again, it's talking about going for God's best. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. Place your order today. All the ordering information is on the screen right now. And uh, I, I, I think if you go ahead and write that information down and place your order, you're going to be so thrilled that you did and not waste time about it. Don't put it off. Order today because I know these messages will help you in your spiritual growth and will help you in growing your faith. Thanks again for watching our broadcast today. Don't forget, hook up with us on social media. We'd love to stay connected with you. So tune in again next week, and remember this, your faith will overcome the world. Next week. Victory comes with a cost. Victory comes with a price. Grace got me in, hallelujah. Grace forgave all my sins.
but Jesus didn't do all my fighting for me. He requires me to fight the good fight of faith. 